Hey everybody, Mark Dawes here on FPS Limited, and here's my daily podcast in five minutes or less on things that relate to our energy sector. It is four o'clock on Wednesday, the 15th of July, and today I want to talk about handcuffing, particularly in light of the Bianca Williams case and, and the Metropolitan Police apologising for their stop and search and the handcuffing of them at, at that incident that happened in, in London because it raises some interesting points. Now, I'm not going to get involved as to whether this is a racially motivated thing or otherwise that's not the purpose of this podcast. I'm sure the IOPC will look at that because it's been referred to them. But what what I want to, to talk about here is something called a restrictive practice or more commonly known as a generalised practice. Uh, and if let's say you're not police, but you are a security officer working in a hospital, for example, or a door supervisor working in a care home. Can you have a policy which says that if you restrain someone and you take them to the floor, that you will always handcuff them, maybe even for their own safety? And the answer to that is no, because that is an example of what would be a generalised or restrictive practice. In the same way, if you said that if we restrained everyone, we would always take them to the floor and hold them on the floor in a prone or face down or in a supine position. That's your primary control position. You can't do that because that, again, would be another example of a generalised or restrictive practice. And we see this in other areas of of care as well, particularly in, in some hospitals or care homes where people are detained uh, under various sections where they'll say, well, you can only smoke at certain times during the day or you can only have your lunch and your dinner at certain times during the day. If someone doesn't want that because that's where they live, that could be considered a restrictive practice. So we have to, where it's possible, you know, make things work around the individual and consider their rights. So it's an interesting one, um, this Met Police stop and search one because it holds implications for all of us. And as you know, everyone in the UK, because I've spoke about this before, can carry and use handcuffs. There's no law that says you can't. And if you're using them at work, of course, then they have to be classed as work equipment and you have to be trained. But part of that training should be about generalised or restrictive practices. And that should be contained in the risk assessments and in the policies. So, so let's say, for example, you had to handcuff someone, a young person, and you had to take that young person on escort because they were detained in some sort of secure environment. Can you have a generalised practice that you would always handcuff a young person? Well, I, I used to work as a prison officer and I worked in a young offenders institution and I've taken young young people who were detained in, in those jails on escorts, in some cases to a funeral. And yes, they were handcuffed to me from the, you know, for the duration of the visit, if you like, for the duration of the time we were outside the prison because the risk of them escaping and possibly putting the public at risk was greater than the infringement of their rights of being handcuffed. But don't, you know, remember these these young people in the in these prisons were detained by the court, so they committed a crime and were there because they were found guilty of something. If you've got a different situation, you may have to look at it on a case-by-case -case basis. So you can't have, in general terms, this generalised restrictive practice. So again, I'm going to go back to basics. I'm going to sound like a broken record. Your risk assessment will dictate whether you handcuff or not. You would need to look, if, if there is one, at the child or the person's behavioural care plan and the restraint risk assessment around them to see whether or not handcuffing is going to be the appropriate thing for them. And then when if you decide to do it, you've then got to consider their rights, their human rights, if they're children, United Nations Convention, the rights of the child. And there's a lot of things to look at, but I'm going to be covering all this on the 23rd of this month, on the 23rd of July, Thursday, the 23rd at three o'clock, because I'm going to do another webinar on uh, the lawful use and carriage of handcuffs and mechanical restraints. And I'm going to be talking about these issues, which I didn't talk about in the last webinar, which is around, you know, can you handcuff a vulnerable person, particularly a child? And if you do, what are the considerations for actually doing that? You know, what things do you have to consider as opposed to having a blanket policy or restrictive practice? Because you can't have that, it, 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 you know, because it, it, that in itself 
it would break break the law. Okay, so I hope that helps. Thanks for listening, and I'll speak to you again tomorrow. And if you're interested in the webinar, check out our Facebook page or check out LinkedIn. It's on there somewhere. We're limited to 100 places as per normal because we're using Zoom for the webinar, but it's going to be a really interesting one, and it'll be great to see you on there. Okay, thanks ever so much. I'll speak to you soon. Have a great Wednesday.